All right, guys, I'm sitting down, but I want y'all to keep standing up here for just a second longer. I want you to say the scripture. It's on the screens. It's our theme scripture for 2015. Come on, say it aloud with faith. Come on with me right now. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Are you guys in? All right, let's grow. God bless you. You can have a seat while you're while you're sitting down. Hey, I'm going to sit with you today. I uh, I just I just appreciate that you guys are going to sit together. You know what I was thinking about this about this message and how, you know, how am I going to do this? Because you know, standing with a broken knee and all that kind of stuff, it's no fun. I I'll just tell you the whole broken bones things is not fun. If you ever want to do it, don't. No, it's not fun. But uh, but how am I going to do this? Oh, well, I have to sit and 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 uh, and then I thought, wait a minute, that's kind of like Jesus. Because the Bible says that Jesus would gather people around and he would sit and he would teach the multitudes. I'm like, hey, that's kind of cool. I'm like kind of being Christian here. So uh, I'm, I'm more like Jesus today, right? All right. Hey, good. Good. Hey, just want to let you know, next Sunday, uh, I'm going to be sharing a message called Politics, God, Church. This year, this week, last week, we received no threats from people in the community or around the world because of this message. So I'm kind of disappointed. You know, I was hoping for more threats. But I think once we start once the once Jordan and the PR team can't cranks up the machine this week and more will come in. That's kind of fun. But hey, really, seriously, you need to be here next Sunday. I want to talk about this. It's very important for us to see what the Bible says. Now, if you think you know in advance what I'm going to say, I'm going to say you probably don't. So I, I want you to come because I'm, I'm going to take a very much Bible-based, Jesus-focused approach to politics, God, church. Secondly, in two weeks, I have a, a new series that's going to carry us through the month of November called Firewalker. And if you ever feel like you're walking through a fire, <laughs> I kind of like I do, except I'm not walking through a fire. I'm kind of like a crutching through a fire. But, but if you ever feel like that's, that's your, maybe you're, that's where you are right now, the series is going to speak to you. I'm taking three stories from the scriptures on, on people who walk through fire and how they dealt with it. And, and I believe it's going to speak to each one of our lives. And I'm excited about that. Hey, thank you, guys. Hey, I just want to tell you all, I love, I, I, I love this church. I really do. I, I love this church. And it's not that I love the building because really I'm talking about you because church is people. It's not a building. I, I honestly, I don't love buildings. I don't really love them at all. Uh, we're here in the middle of downtown where buildings are everything, but yeah, who cares? I see. I love the people in the building uh, because here we get to act like family, not like religion. Now, what I call religion, it, religion actually works more like a business or like a corporation. Uh, it's, it's where where there are people who are low on the org chart, and then there are also those who are high, and those are the privileged ones. See, religion is where you have to act professional. It's where you have to act like you've got it all together. Religion is about measuring up to an image. It's about measuring up to rules, and, and, and religion is about making other people think that you're something that you're not. Religion is about performance. It's about professionalism. Really, the truth is, is that religion, it wears you out. It, it sucks the life out of you. It feels so forced. And, and I'll, I'll be really honest with you. I don't want this church to be that way. I don't want my church to be that way. Do you want your church to be that way? 
No. No way. See, I want Jesus' version of the church. Here's what Jesus said. Take a look at it. It's on the screens. Matthew eleven twenty eight. We've said this every week during this series. He says, are you tired and worn out? Now, now, first of all, you have to understand who he's talking to. He's talking to people that are a part of a big, huge religious system, which was Judaism at that time. And it was all about measuring up, looking good, jumping through the hoops, fall, you know, making sure that you did all the right things and, 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 and you appeared right when you were out in public. So Jesus said, hey, guys who are part of this whole religious system, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover life. I'll show you what it is to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. That's why I love the stories of Jesus so much because we get to look at how Jesus did it. He said, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. See, the church should never be what you have to deal with on Monday through Friday. You see, here's a better image of the church. I want you to picture a family, a family who's sitting around a huge table at a big holiday celebration like many of us will celebrate with our families in a few weeks. Around that table, you have the successful and you have the failures. You have the old and the young. They're the quirky <laughs> and the pleasant. They're the obnoxious and the gracious. Some use manners, some don't. Some are healthy, some make unhealthy choices. Some might even have broken bones and be on crutches and they're limping through life. But you see, in this, that setting that I was describing for you, failure does not force you out. You still have a place at the table. And that's my image of church. That's the Jesus, that's the biblical image of church. It's family. See, family can be ugly and beautiful all at the same time. And that's what church is. My church is family. I want you to look at the screens because I have this little saying that I'm gonna have you repeat out loud with me and say it out loud with me through this entire message. Look, it says my church is family and then under it is the next script. I want you to say this with me. We rest, connect, celebrate, mourn, serve, and support. Now see, institutions are based upon status and rank. We, all we have to do is we always have to try to impress each other. It's about image and performance, and if you don't measure up, you get driven out. But in family, how is status earned? Well, it's not. You're born into it. You know, in fact, a sick person in a family or a person who's on crutches gets more care. You get more care than you would in the institution because in the institution, if you're sick, you're out. See, that's why family is what church has to resemble. But the truth is this, every church shoots for this image of the ideal church Yet at the same time, every church misses the mark. No church that exists is perfect at this because every church, and I would say especially this one, <laughs> is made up of imperfect people. But we have a goal, and our goal is not an institution. Our goal is family. And in spite of the fact that every church misses the mark, just like every family misses the mark, 
There's safety in the household. Why? It's because in the church, we watch out for each other and we don't judge each other too harshly. There's safety in the household because like a healthy family, what we do here is we celebrate our differences. So, so I just want to say, don't run away from home. So what is family? Well, family is who we rest with. It's who we sit at the feet of Jesus with. And that's why at City Life we have what I call some house rules. And, and one of the house rules we have here is, is if you serve, you also have to rest. We call it around here feeding. That means serving others and being fed. It means resting and receiving. Because if you don't rest at the feet of Jesus and all you do is task, you are not participating in the life of the family. I need rest with my church family, just like I did last Sunday when Preston preached. And see, if, if, all of you, if all you ever did when you went home from work was to keep working and you never slept, you never kicked off your shoes and you didn't rest and you, you didn't laugh with the other people in the family or watch Netflix together, the truth is you'd want out of there pretty quick, wouldn't you? You would, because family is who we rest with. Around here at City Life, we actually have about 65 to 70 volunteers who make this happen each week. You may not see it all active at the same time, but it's happening. Why? It's so that you can rest. And they who are serving are expected to take time to rest as well and to sit at the feet of Jesus. That's why uh, upcoming and here in a couple of weeks, City Life Night, that's why it's real important. In fact, we're going to hire children's workers from the outside, from the outside of the church, so that our children's workers will have a chance to sit at the feet of Jesus. We're family. My church is family. Come on, I want you to say it with me again. It's on the screens. We rest, connect, celebrate, mourn, serve, and support. I love my church. I want you to look at that second uh, word, though, that word connect. It's because we're family. We connect. <laughs> you know, we might get grumpy with each other every once in a while. I mean, that happens in some families. Never in my house, you know, never. No. Uh, because it's, well, occasionally other people in the family get grumpy, but not me, right? Right, y'all? I mean, oh, don't stop lying. You're going to have to get, but, but we might get grumpy with each other every once in a while, even in the church family and at the home family, but we always come back to each other. Because family is who we connect with. And when you connect, you don't get mad and run away. See, when you're connected, though, think about this. When you're joined together, you're connected, there's going to be some friction from time to time. But there's a blessing in the family connection. And it, it means this. It means that you're not going to hold on to a disagreement. You're not going to hold on to a hurt. Or you're not going to hold on to an issue. I mean, no way. Instead, what we do in the family is we make a choice to build a bridge and not burn a bridge. Some people hop from church to church and congregation to congregation. And, and one of the big reasons, I've been in this all my life, I, I've, I've heard all the reasons and seen it. I'm telling you, one of the big reasons is because somebody looked at them funny or because somebody said something to them. And then they say, well, if that's what family is about, then I'm out of here. <laughs> you think about it, it's quite goofy. And uh, what, what I find is amazing is Every time that's ever happened, you know, once they leave, it's like, okay, you're gone. You're, I'm not your pastor anymore. It's like, uh, goodbye. But they can 
I, I look at the situation, I thought, man, they have completely forgotten that their own family and the stuff I've heard about their family is like 10 times weirder than anything ever happened in the church. <laughs> That's why it's like it never made sense to me, you know? Family is who we connect with. My church is family. Come on, say it with me. We rest, connect, celebrate, mourn, serve, and support. Take a look at that next word, celebrate. Who loves to celebrate? Woo, I do. That's what the young adults did in this room on Friday night at the prom remix event. I saw the pictures. Didn't come. You wouldn't want me here. I'm way too old. But, but you know, it's, it's what our congregation, we're all going to be doing in two weeks when we come together at City Life Night because family is who we celebrate with. Okay, three Sundays from today is the annual Parade of Lights. That's going to be happening just a few blocks from here. Downtown is going to be bustling with excitement. I want to let you know this. The Woody family is going to be there. We established a few years back a Woody family tradition. What we do is we, we in advance, as early as possible, we, we reserve the best seats. And we go out there and we sit in the special seating area, you know, where you get hot chocolate served to you and you have your own little porta potty. And it's just kind of, yeah, we, we do that. It's part of our goofy little family celebration. And we laugh and, and the Woody men, we all act crazy. Well, they act crazy. I'm very, you know, just, yeah, hallelujah. But, but, you know, this year I'm going to be there again and I'm going to be there with my crutches and I'm going to be celebrating with my family. We're going to be waving at all the local celebrities and yelling at them and saying hi. And, and we're going to be cheering at the youth and at the children that are in the parade. And we're going to be shouting with glee at Santa as he comes by at the very end of the parade. See, because family celebrations, they're just, they're just the best. Think about it, the holidays, the birthdays, the anniversaries, all those, even those made up celebrations. I love them. But in a sense, really, every Sunday is a celebration. Family is about celebration. But church is family. And I want you to say it with me. Come on. We rest, connect, celebrate, mourn, serve, and support. Now, take a look at the next word. The next word is mourn. I know that's not the fun word. But in reality, we live in a very, very imperfect world. And we're not going to shy away from that around here at City Life. Tragedies happen. Uh, sickness, accidents, <laughs> yeah, death, relational fractures can be even more painful than a physical fracture. Financial loss occupational pain and th there's just so much more but when we're suffering the safest people to be around is family because family is who we mourn with in fact i'm telling you this the deepest family bonds are actually forged in the fiery heat of trial when you're mourning together Actually, when you mourn together, it makes us healthier and stronger. When we cry on each other's shoulders, when we encourage each other during the really dark days, the family gets stronger. You see, a healthy family, in a healthy family, you're not judged because you're hurting. Instead, in a healthy family, you're embraced. Church, I want us to see ourselves as, as a people who cannot survive without God's family. Church, we absolutely need each other. My church is family. 
I want you to say it with me now. We rest, connect, celebrate, mourn, serve, and support. Everyone in my family at home has a role in serving. Well, yeah, we'll clean out the garage together, and we'll clean the house together. Uh, I make sure the bills are paid. Rebecca makes sure that the house is decorated, and we certainly don't want to switch those out because that could be disastrous. And, 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 uh, and, and we call professionals to fix the problems because the truth is, in our family, God gave not one member of our family even the basic know-how of how to use a screwdriver. You can make fun of us all, but it's not true. Actually, probably my wife has the best use at a screwdriver amongst all of us, and it's ridiculous. You don't even want to hear the stories of how we've almost killed each other trying to use tools in the house. <laughs> it's bad. But the truth is, we all serve because serving makes for a healthy home. See, families is basically, a family is who we serve with. At my house, no one is entitled. We all serve each other. We all do the dirty work. In this house, no one is entitled. We all serve together. We all do the dirty work. In fact, we encourage you to do what you're best at. And here at City Life, we become healthy, actually, when everyone serves. I said everyone. And I said, me? Yeah, okay, here, here's a test. Here's a test. Okay, look, okay, look at me. Look at me. Look, 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 look at me. All right, here we go. I want you to smile at me. Smile. Now I want you to look at me. Just look at me and say, hello. Come on, go. Hello. Okay, good. Every person in this room just passed the test. You can now all be greeters, ushers, hosts, hostesses, and, uh, and you know, it's, all, it's all done. You passed the test. I'm telling you guys, it's really that simple. Serving in whatever capacity, it gives you the chance to get to know some other folks. Discover more about even the inner workings of the church family so that you can even find your sweet spot. Sometimes we call this God's house. We say, I'm going to go to God's house today, and that's okay. I'm not against that. But the truth is, in reality, God's house is in our bodies. See, the building... This facility is really where city lifers and our friends and our guests come home to once a week. That's why here at our home, we all pick up the trash. We all sweep the floors. You know, here's a biggie. I've shared this with you before, but I don't want you to forget this. If you see something around here that bugs you, most likely you are the one that is supposed to to fix it. If I'm at home and I see dust on the ceiling fan blades and I can't stand the dust and it's annoying me, do I complain to the family? I mean, do I leave and go find another family that has cleaner fan blades? That's about the kind of things that I hear of why people will so go, well, I'm going to go to a different church because I saw a spot on the carpet. Well, Dad, gum it, get a carpet cleaner and clean it up. I'm, I'm totally serious. <laughs> now, see what I do? I, I said, Dad, gum it in a sermon. I, I, what I do is I get a ladder and I get some paper towels and I get some cleaner when I'm not like with a broken bone and I get up there and clean it. I serve. We all do. My church is family. We rest. 
connect, sell. Oh, wait, wait. We're supposed to say this together. Come on, say it again. We rest, connect, celebrate, mourn, serve, and support. I tell you guys, the best support system will always be the family. That's why family unity is really critical. And uh, I, I'm not a ferocious, mean leader of the Woody family. I don't think I am. I mean, I'm just, I, I'm just trying to be a nice guy, and I don't always get my way. But there, in fact, I hardly ever get my way. But the truth is, is that as the head of the Woody household, there are a few things that I insist on. And one is this: no one gets to pout around our family very long. Why? Because I know this is that. When people start to pout and separate themselves and the family divides, the actual support system of the family breaks down and we're all messed up. That's why we need each other even in the church. Family is who we support. As the head of the City of Life family, that's why I, I insist on an atmosphere of a lot of grace and a lot of peace. Grace and peace, grace and peace. And maybe you're the type of person that just likes to call people out all the time. Maybe you like to pick and criticize, and you're going to go tell people off, and you're going to let them know about all the flaws that you see in your life. And you, maybe you take what I'm saying today and say, well, Tim, Pastor Tim said if I see something that I don't like, I'm the one to fix it, so I'm going to try to fix all these people. Well, no, that's wrong. Fix the stuff, not the people. God fixes the people. But the truth is, if you're always wanting to point out the flaws of other people around you, you're, you're not going to last very long in this family because we're a family. And here we support each other. We don't get offended. We don't demand apologies. I mean, come on. When in the world has it ever worked for someone to demand an apology? I've heard it so many times. I've sat it with people many, many times, and they're like, disagree. Well, I demand an apology from the platform from Aunt Mabel because and it's like, oh, come on, get real. <laughs> Demanding apologies never works. Any of you guys like into, like, are you psychologists? You know, any of y'all people? Some of you study that, you do that stuff. Demanding apologies is a joke. Apologies can only come from the heart of the other person when God convicts them. And, and really, when you demand an apology, you're the one who has the need because you have a need to look good and feel justified and need to be apologized to. That's not how we work it. We support each other, and support only occurs when we stick with one another. In fact, at City Life, we really believe in the presence of God in our gatherings. It's very important to us. And we believe this, is that the presence of God in our gatherings is directly connected to our attitudes toward each other. That's true, guys. I mean, it is all through the Bible. You can like Old Testament, New Testament, it's all there. It's this value, one of our four main values. It's this value that we call presence. I, I, I get really passionate about it, almost enough to stand up, but I won't. But, but really passionate speaks about how a healthy family treats one another. I want you to look at our official church verbiage regarding presence. Presence says we highly value the presence of God while striving. That means you're going to break a sweat to walk in unity and harmony with one another. We know this. 
that without the presence of God, we are wasting our efforts. Therefore, we call upon the Holy Spirit to be present and active in both our lives and in our gatherings, knowing that God blesses certain settings with his glory. We choose to embrace one another. How do we embrace one another? Here are the ways we do it at our church. We celebrate diversity, where people can belong regardless of age, ethnicity, culture, or background. We also honor one another without merit. Big important words there. Underline that in your brain choosing to believe the best about one another, being slow to speak, quick to listen, eager to serve. We, we choose to be united in our hearts and in our spirits, assured that no force in hell can tear a unified body apart. I mean, if we were like one of those shouting amen churches, that's the time to do it. Oh, let me do it again. We choose to be united in our hearts and spirits, uh, assured that no force in hell can tear a unified body apart. Amen. I like that. Ooh, we, could be, we could do that. <laughs> We choose to stand with one another, both through the joys and the sorrows of life, as well as through successes and failures. Guys, that's, that's really important to me because that creates the atmosphere where God can work. Ever go to a church and wonder why it just feels so dark and, and ugh, it's just like, I don't even sense God here. I, t- I promise you it's because they're all fighting with each other and they're all mad at each other. We don't even, we don't, we don't play that game. It's not even a game. It's like, we're not going to do that. So City Life, the truth is, we're dependent upon God and we're dependent upon the family of compassionate, flawed friends to work together. Guys, here we are. I want to be clear with this. Stay connected. Don't run away from home or divorce your family because you feel misunderstood. My church's family. Come on, let's say it together. We rest, connect, celebrate, mourn, serve, and support. And and as God's family, we drop our barriers and we become one. We're we're one family living in the house of love. And maybe the home that you came from was one that was full of a lot of strife and backbiting and hatred and abuse. And maybe the term dysfunctional family was created to describe your home. It could possibly be. Therefore, your image of family is a mixed-up mess. But I want to tell you something. God can heal your heart. And you don't have to try to recreate the dysfunctional family of your home in the local church. Instead, let this be the family you never had. Truth is, it's your choice. City Life is is a local family, but the beauty of it is, is that we're also a part of the largest family on the face of the earth. What's the largest faith movement in the world? What is it? Oh, by far, it's Christianity. By far. Look at this. Galatians 3 says this. It says, in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you were baptized into Christ, having clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile. What does that mean? Races and ethnicities don't matter. Dealt with. There is neither slave nor free. You know what that means? Economic and social status don't matter. (laughs) I love it. Don't you love it already? I mean, come on. A lot of us already fit in here. And there is no male nor female. 
I know, I see some guys and girls in here, but what it says is, what that means is that there is not some kind of a gender gap in the church. It says because we're all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, you are Abraham's seed and you are heirs according to the promise. I'm a part of this massive, awesome family. It's not a perfect family because we all mess up, but we bear with one another like a healthy family. And in a healthy family, you put up with the weird uncle. In a healthy family, you deal with it. You know, in a healthy family, you deal with dis- disruptive babies who cry at the wrong times and who poop on themselves and who spit up on you and and you yell, yuck, but you don't slap them around or demand an apology or you don't leave the family because you got spit up on. (laughs) We need to stick with each other because Jesus Christ stuck with us. And the truth is, is when we get our eyes off of one another, expecting some kind of a corporate perfection and forced smiles and stale religion, and then we instead choose to get our eyes on something else, which is Jesus, someone else, who's the author and the finisher of our faith, then everything can change. Today we're going to share in Holy Communion, focusing our eyes on Christ, understanding that we are the body of Christ. We have two elements that we're going to be sharing today. One is is the the juice. The it's the this the which represents the blood of Christ, and we also have the bread, which is you'll notice it when you get yours. Mine's broken, but when you see yours, it'll be a solid loaf. And the solid loaf is something that we will all, in just a moment, take a piece of, understanding that you are a piece of the solid loaf. And as you take that piece out, you will understand and see that when you are not there, when you are not apart, it's incomplete. The body of Christ is this. Look, here's what the Bible says. It it says it right here. It says, is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give participation in the blood of Christ, meaning when we do this, we're participating in the blood of Christ. We drink. I am participating in the blood of Christ. It says because there's also one loaf, it says we who are many are together as one body. Would you close your eyes for just a moment and focus internally? If you want to know this Jesus that we talk about and you want a clean slate, you're ready to live your life with purpose, a renewed sense of purpose, and be a functioning part of a healthy, growing family, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond. If you want to be included in this closing prayer, make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, I'm going to simply ask you to raise your hand. Because God loves you so much. He died for you so you can have life. And everything changes today. If you want Jesus to be the Lord of your life, and, to, and if you would like to share in Holy Communion in a moment, would you lift your hand, and I'm going to pray with you right now. Thank you. Who else? Thank you. Would you guys please, all of you, stand? Everyone stand. If you raised your hand, I want you, along with everyone else, this entire congregation of believers to pray this prayer with me. Come on, let's say it to the Lord. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins. I believe you're the Son of God. Please forgive my sins. Today I give up my past and I embrace the future that you have for me. I choose to be a part of your global family. In Jesus' name, amen. If you can see me, look over here at me. 
we're now going to share in corporate communion. We have a communion station set up here, and if you've prayed that prayer, you should receive communion. And I want you to move to the table as soon as we begin singing. Nobody's going to dismiss you. Nobody's going to force you to do it. But I really hope you will. Because in doing so, you are showing your participation in what Christ has done for you and your participation in the body of Christ as well. Please go to the communion table now and enjoy this time of communion. And then we're going to continue with our service. When you're finished, move back to your seats and we'll have some closing words. God bless you.